Thank you, Gwen. Are you ready for Christmas? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> There's always some last-minute things, aren't there? Some last-minute things that need our attention in preparing for Christmas, this Christmas Eve. Maybe there's presents to finalise or wrap. Now, I offer you a few alternatives in that regard. You have the choice of, of, of venturing to Chadston or to Southland. I offer you a far better alternative. Just step out after the service into the hall. Greg will be at the desk there. Uh, and the Baptist World Day gift stall in the foyer will offer you a much better option than Chadston or Southland will. So uh, uh, it's your choice, but uh, I'm giving you a few alternatives there for last-minute gifts. Maybe there's food to be prepared still. I was sent out on a rescue mission uh, late last night for some extra icing sugar as a gingerbread house was uh, collapsing around us (laughs) at home uh, in in the midst of uh, trying to be made. Uh, Michelle and Roma were in the thick of things there, and I'll I'll be preparing some, uh, some things, a bit of cooking that I always do, just before Christmas for our family Christmas gathering later today. But more importantly, are you ready to embrace and engage with the story of Jesus and his birth? Are you ready to receive whatever Jesus has for you to discover or rediscover? I invite you to turn your eyes to the screen for a moment to set the scene for this. Are you ready? ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Are you ready to open your eyes and hearts to the God who is with us? Are you ready to worship the newborn king? Are you ready to see the familiar Christmas story with fresh eyes and renewed hope? And as we move today in our series on setting the scene for Christmas from Luke chapter 1 into Luke chapter 2, we look at what took, what took place just before Christmas, just before the birth of Jesus, that first Christmas, and out of which three questions arise. And the first question is, what's the setting in your world this Christmas? What's the setting in your world? And by that, I don't mean so much uh, where will you go uh, for for a Christmas meal? Whose place will it be at? Will it be inside? Will it be outside? Are you looking at the weather to to see and the weather's not looking real crash? I don't think so. I suspect for many it won't be on the outside in the backyard or under a deck, but it'll be inside. 
But I'm not asking so much what that sort of setting's going to be like. I'm asking what's life like in your world? We get a glimpse in verses 1 to 3, as Mark read to us, of what life was like in, in the world that Jesus would enter into that first Christmas, the world of Mary and Joseph that they were a part of. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census, it tells us, that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. But uh, Caesar Augustus, you may not know much about him. Who was he? Well, he was the, uh, the Roman, Empire, Roman emperor at the time, who was actually uh, the grand-nephew and the adopted son of Julius Caesar. For those of you who are historians, you may already know that. And so uh, he, he was quite closely connected to Julius Caesar. But uh, he, was a, he was a Roman emperor and he was a pagan Roman emperor. And his, that meant that his rule over Jews, the, over the Jews, as he sought to extend the Roman Empire uh, far and wide, that meant that his rule over the Jews uh, brought a life to them that was far from what they imagined wanted it to be, far from what they hoped it to be. So for their world had despair and difficulties. Their world had spiritual disappointment and darkness. And, and this census decree that is spoken about here was more about taxing people than counting them. All in all, the setting for that first Christmas was far from picture perfect as a Christmas card might display it. But it was a world that was characterised by sadness and broken and shattered dreams. A couple of thousand years later on, our world is still far from picture perfect this Christmas Eve. In fact, there's much brokenness and many burdens that are carried across our wider world, even and especially in the very part of the world where Jesus was born. That part of the world is, is gripped, even as I speak, even, even at this time, by sadness, by violence, by war, by oppression, by all kinds of, uh, of, of conflict and tragedy. But what about your world? Not just in a wider sense, but in a personal sense, I wonder. For most, if not all of us, there will be a degree of brokenness or a burden of some sort uh, in our worlds. But just as the setting of the world into which Jesus would enter that first Christmas didn't stop God from being at work, neither does the setting in any of our own worlds either, or our wider world today. Neither does that stop God from being at work still today. God redeeming, God restoring, God reassuring, God renewing, God revealing more of himself and his purposes. So this Christmas, what's, your world, what, what's, the, setting for, what's, what's the setting in your world like? But secondly, this Christmas Eve, where might God be taking you? Where might God be taking you? As part of and leading into Jesus being born that first Christmas, God took Joseph and Mary on a journey. It's described here in verses 4 and 5. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Travel or going on a journey is a part of Christmas for many people. Whether it's by air or by road, this time of the year can be quite a challenge to travel. Uh, there's uh, congested airports, there's clogged up roads. 
But the journey that God took Mary and Joseph on was even more challenging, can I suggest. It wasn't by air. It wasn't by car. Neither of those were options that they even had. But it was by foot or it was at best by donkey. Everybody thinks that Mary, that this journey took place on a, on a donkey. But the Bible doesn't actually say that, uh, perhaps. But, uh, but, but there's a good chance that, that they actually did it by foot. And it was in the final days of Mary's pregnancies. And Google Maps, which Joseph and Mary didn't have at their disposal either, <laughs> tell us that it was a 34-hour walk. A 34-hour walk. So they must have wondered, God, what on earth are you doing? Where on earth are you taking us? You are taking us on a long and a difficult and even a dangerous road. It wouldn't have been at all comfortable and it wouldn't have been a path that they would have chosen to take given Mary's circumstances, let alone at the best of times. Yet the journey that God took Mary and Joseph on was one that had purpose. It was one that would fulfil God's purposes, not only in their own lives, but in the lives of people like you and I too, as the Saviour would be born as God had promised long ago. Perhaps you too are on a journey that you wish you weren't on, a road that isn't all as you would have chosen. Yet God has a plan and God has a purpose over and above sometimes what we are able to see when it comes to our lives. And rarely, if at all, does that involve just staying at a comfortable or a familiar place, but instead taking us beyond that, taking us along a path that we may not necessarily choose to be on. And yet in doing so, providing opportunities for us to find and follow Jesus, providing opportunities for us to grow in all that he has for us to be and do in his bigger picture purposes. This Christmas Eve, what's the setting in your world like? Where might God be taking you? And thirdly and finally, from these opening verses of Luke chapter 2, have you made room for Jesus? Verse 6 and 7 says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no room available for them. In our house, we've been on a bit of a decluttering mission. Or might I say, I've been swept along on a decluttering (laughs) mission. (laughs) But this has largely come out of recognising after our three-month road trip earlier in the year that... uh, where we manage just fine without much of it, that actually we, we have too much. And uh, so the, the, the decluttering queen has got to work. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've come along for the ride. But the reality is that can be reflective too of our lives, not just our homes. We can be too busy. We can be too burdened. Our lives can be cluttered up and complicated by all kinds of different things that can mean in reality that there's not room for Jesus and his best for us. There might be room for Jesus, but is there room for Jesus and his best for us and what he calls us to? And this Christmas season is a time, as much as anything else, to take a closer look at our lives. Is God's best for us being squeezed out by other things in our lives? Is a declutter of our lives needed to make room for Jesus, not just as Saviour, but as Lord? Or maybe the issue for you is more about whether you've got room in your heart and in your mind for the kind of king that Jesus is. Because in the times when Jesus was born, many missed seeing Jesus for who he was. 
And that happened simply because he didn't come in a way that met their expectations. They had no room for a king who came to serve rather than be served. They had no room for a king who came to die on a cross and rise from the dead rather than just be a miracle worker. They had no room for a king who came to free them from being captive to the power of sin and death, even more than freeing them from their political oppressors. And they had no room for a king who identified with the poor, the marginalised, the lonely and the forgotten and the vulnerable more than the rich and the well-to-do and the well-respected and the self-sufficient and the favoured. So as we close, are you ready? Are you ready not just for Christmas Day tomorrow, but are you ready for Christ? Are you ready for, for, for Christ as your Saviour and Lord? Are you ready for the day when we celebrate the coming of Jesus to earth in every sense? Now, we know exactly when that's going to be. We know it's going to be, 20, it's going to be soon and very soon tomorrow. But as Paul said at the start, alongside that, and equally if not more importantly, are you ready for the day when Jesus will come back to earth, his second coming? We don't know exactly when that will be, but we can be ready for it by having made room in our lives for Jesus as our saviour and as our Lord, by having followed God's leading, gone on a journey with, with, with God where we find and follow Jesus and all that he is. Not, not, not the Jesus of our making, not the Jesus of anybody else's making, but, but the Jesus for who he really is and come to discover him or rediscover him for ourselves by having received and recognised God's words and God's work, no matter what the setting in our world might be. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you that the season of waiting, Advent, is, and the preparation for or setting the scene for, for Christmas is nearly over. We want to thank you this Christmas Eve for the hope and joy and peace that comes with the coming of your son, Jesus Christ, to earth that first Christmas. But whatever the setting of our world, and we recognise that the setting of our world is one where there is much brokenness and burdens, and even in our own lives, there is brokenness and burdens. But we thank you, God, for your work and for your word, the living word, Jesus. We thank you for your bigger picture plans and purposes that often go beyond what we can see. We thank you that even on those journeys that you take us on that aren't always easy, you are at work. And you, you are at work working out your ultimate purposes. You are at work enabling us to to discover more of you and, and, and to be dependent on you and what that means for our lives. So may this Christmas Eve, we take a closer look at our hearts and our minds and our lives. May we do a declutter if that's needed so that there's room for your best for us. The king that, that we see, discover or rediscover, the king of kings for who he really is, not simply the, the Jesus of our own making. So God, may we be ready for Christmas. May we be ready for Christ to discover all that you had for us to discover and receive from you, but also be ready for your second coming. This Jesus who is our this Jesus as our Saviour and as our Lord, this Jesus who we can be a part of his kingdom and live as a part of his kingdom and be a part of his kingdom purposes on this earth, being ready for when he comes again. May this be real for each of us this Christmas Eve 
And we ask this in and through the name of this King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus, our Saviour, in whose name we pray. Amen.